Hello, everyone. Welcome to the HVC podcast again. I know it's been a few weeks since I recorded my last episode. My goal is to try to get an episode every two weeks or so, so I need everybody's help for that. Please send me questions or ideas for topics. Today's podcast will be about a subject that I think can help all providers, which is supplements nutritional supplements or herbal products that could help some patients. My definition of a supplement is a non-prescription medicine, usually available over-the-counter, usually, usually very reasonably priced. These medicines do not have as consistent an effect as prescription medicines, but possibly have less side effects. They're often very good for mild to moderate conditions or symptoms. Of course, there's a possible placebo effect from these, but the way I think of this is if the patient's better and they didn't have side effects, well, that's our goal as providers. So even if it's a placebo effect, we've still helped a patient. Let's look at some of the supplements that we use most commonly. And the first few, the first four are actually regarding cholesterol. As we know, we have statins, we have other prescription medicines, great medicines, very powerful, a lot of pushback from people about taking these. And some of this is warranted because people do have side effects, muscle pain, sometimes memory loss, uh, although they're very effective in some patients. One supplement we could look at is red yeast rice. This is a fermented rice product It's a monocolon, which is actually very similar to the statin, lovastatin. It actually has pretty much the same effect as a statin, but possibly less side effects. It looks like it does do modest reductions of LDL. Definitely don't take this with a statin because then you're pushing the liver too much. Formulations and dosing of this can vary widely. And it's probably not a first-line therapy for our higher-risk patients. These are patients after heart attack or PCI or bypass surgery. But as a preventative medicine, it's very reasonable to try. Another supplement used for cholesterol management is berberine. This is an alkaloid found in roots, fruit, and the bark of certain plants, such as golden seal, the Oregon grape, the barberry, or tree turmeric. It appears to show small reductions of LDL. I'm not as familiar with it. I learned about it a little bit more after doing research for this, so I'm going to try it out in my patients. Something that we know a lot about is uh, fish oil and omega-3 fatty acids. I think this was first discovered when we saw the benefits of a pesco-vegan diet or a Mediterranean diet. These medicines definitely reduce triglycerides, but may actually raise LDL levels. Very dependent on the quality, especially if taken as a supplement rather than in the diet. It's clearly better to take it in the diet, but the supplement should contain high concentrations of EPA and DHA. Now, we've seen recent research in prescription medicines of patients for treating patients with very high triglycerides with prescription basically fish oils like Vasipa, which is basically an EPA, ultra-filtered, ultra-pure omega-3 fatty acid. 
Now, we know we get significant triglyceride lowering from food with omega-3 fatty acids, including fatty fish. Let's think of salmon and tuna. Unfortunately, for all the shrimp lovers, we can't have shellfish or catfish or shrimp. That doesn't really have the triglyceride lowering effect. Also, we get omega-3s with flaxseed oil, chia oil, and tree nuts. Another um, supplement used in cholesterol is CoQ10 or ubiquitin. This doesn't directly treat cholesterol. Rather, we know statin inhibits the enzyme HMZ-CoA reductase, so it actually re- and this actually reduces the body's ability to make cholesterol from dietary fat, but the statins also reduce coenzyme Q10 because that's made by this enzyme. And this is something that coenzyme Q10 is used by the mitochondria in skeletal muscles. So it's, when this is depleted, you get myalgia or the muscle pain. It's felt that this is the myalgia from statins, although there may be other mechanisms as well. So if a patient takes the supplement CoQ10, it might reduce the myalgia from statins so the patient can tolerate the statin. Unfortunately, it doesn't work as consistently as we like it to, but it is available and it should be tried, especially in mild to moderate statin-related myalgia. Um, Now, I've seen patients and I've seen some claims about CoQ10 or ubiquitin helping in conditions like heart failure, cardiomyopathy. I really haven't seen any good evidence for this, and I don't have much experience in this helping my patients. Um, Let's switch to a supplement that helps venous disease, vein disease, um, especially when mild to moderate horse chestnut root is a supplement from a tree that releases prostaglandins that induce venoconstriction and prevent the edema from refluxing and varicose veins in the leg. They decrease venous pressure, so can reduce varicose veins a little bit, the pain and pressure from varicose veins a little bit, as well as edema. It's a good treatment for chronic venous disease and varicose veins along with the compression socks and procedures we do. I actually use it pretty often as a first line in people with mild vein disease or very young people with vein disease. And I also use it after we've done a lot of procedures and they still have some edema, it often helps them with that. Um, One of our most common complaints in the cardiology clinics outpatient are palpitations, PVCs, PACs, that's premature ventricular contractions, premature atrial contractions, fairly benign conditions, but can be very annoying and even slightly disabling for patients and provoke a lot of anxiety. Sinus tachycardia is another one. We see a lot of patients with inappropriate sinus tachycardia. Seems we're seeing um, a little bit more of this after COVID in patients with long COVID. So this is very common. The patients are otherwise very healthy. So it's hard for them to tolerate medicines like beta blockers because this causes fatigue. One supplement I've seen very effective in this condition is magnesium. 
And there's likely some placebo effect uh, from this that's helping the patient. So even with normal serum magnesium levels, taking a supplement is a natural muscle relaxer and even a sleep aid. It can help with leg cramps and also this heart rhythm ectopy. It reduces PVCs and PACs. I've seen this when I repeat Holter monitors or event monitors. And it really has no side effects except loose stools, a little bit of uh, mild diarrhea. Usually patients don't mind this. Now, another supplement in the same line is motherwort, which is a European herb that was brought to the U.S. by early colonists and actually used by traditional doctors um, in, 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 in revolutionary times. It's a herb similar to mint. I don't see a lot of side effects from this. It also reduces PVCs. So this is a pretty effective herb and it's over the counter, fairly inexpensive. So a couple more supplements. Um, this one has actually been very well studied in the treatment of angina. This is L-arginine. L-arginine physiologically is a precursor for nitric oxide, which is a arterial dilator. Also, also, this is what we take when we take nitroglycerin or isosorbide, basically taking, creating nitric oxide in the blood vessels and causing arterial dilation. When it's taken in the oral form, it doesn't appear to have the side effects of nitroglycerin drugs like sublingual nitroglycerin that causes low blood pressure and headaches. Also, the long-acting nitroglycerin like the isosorbide and the patches cause this. So L-arginine, a good treatment for chronic stable angina. So our last supplement is a traditional Eastern supplement, turmeric, which has an active ingredient, curcumin. This has well-known anti-inflammatory and analgesic effects. It appears to help joint and muscle mobility. It seems to be useful when used in combination with ginger and black pepper. It really appears, appears to be pretty effective for mild to moderate arthritis when taken regularly. And I see primary care doctors and even orthopedic surgeons using this. So not a direct cardiac effect, but as we know, if we get our patients moving better without medicines that have more side effects, such as NSAIDs or obviously opiates, we're really, doing, we're really helping our patients. Interestingly, turmeric appears to have a slight anticoagulant effect. So many surgeons actually ask their patient to stop this medicine prior to surgery as it can indu induce bleeding. I do recommend using this medicine cautiously when the patient is on other anticoagulants and antiplatelets. So this is a summary of supplements that may help our patients. Again, often quite effective in mild to moderate conditions or symptoms, certainly not as consistent an effect as prescription medicines, probably worth trying for a few weeks or months. Then if they're not effective, you could stop them because they may have drug interactions for cholesterol 
think of yet red yeast rice, berberine to reduce LDL, fish oil in the diet or as a good supplement to reduce triglycerides, CoQ10 for statin-induced myalgia, and for venous disease, horse chestnut root, and for sinus tachycardia or palpitations, think of magnesium or motherwort, and then we'll round off our supplement lecture today with L-arginine for angina and turmeric as a general analgesic and anti-inflammatory to get our patients moving better. So thanks a lot, and please send me your questions or ideas for topics for future podcasts. Thank you very much for listening.